Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Sports Night on the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Network. I am Chris Yao, along with my esteemed colleague, as always, Maurice Patton. Today, we are joined by former high school All-American, Tennessee Mr. Basketball, SEC Legends Class of 2016, second-round pick of the Denver Nuggets, and the guy who infuriated Michael Jordan to the point he scored 10 fourth-quarter points for the Washington Wizards in 2003. Founder of Chico Basketball, Vincent Yarbrough. Vincent, welcome. Hey, how are you, Chris? How are you, Mo? Thanks for having me. Hey, man. Appreciate you coming on with us, B.Y. Um, you know, when you hear an intro like that, to think about all that you've accomplished coming out of Cleveland, Tennessee, what, what does it – to hear it all like that, what's that mean to you? Um, it means it means a lot. It means it means a lot of things that that I thought were possible as a young person. I, I was able to achieve or accomplish, and um, it, it just makes me think of back to to all the all the help that I've had really to get get through that type of career. You know, um, no, nobody really gets into it or gets out of it just only on talent alone or what you're able to to provide. It's kind of a whole team effort, and and it just makes me think back to all the people that were involved or had a piece or a part of my journey getting there. You know, all of everything that Chris just said is plenty of reason to have you on. But one of the one of the things that makes you attractive right now with us is the fact that on top of all that, Vincent Yarbrough is a Cullioca, Tennessee resident, <laughs> and you know, having been in this area for for a few years now. I'm not sure how many people are aware of that. How how did that come to be, Vince? Well, um, I, I married my college sweetheart, and from there we lived a few different places. She was with me on my journey throughout Europe and the NBA, and then we settled down in Knoxville for a while. Um, then she, we wanted to get back closer to her family, so we came over here into Franklin and still, uh, still wanted to be a bit closer, so – then we decided to build down here and, and we've been here for about 12 years now. So um, we, we really consider it home. We really enjoy the, the people of our, our, our community. Uh, we like the way the direct, the direction the community is going. Uh, there's a lot of growth going on here in Murray County. And um, there's some of the things that we kind of envision happening, you know, some of that Franklin type of vibe coming down this way and slowly but surely it's, it's making its way. I guarantee you, whatever you built in Cullioca, you'd have spent two and a half times or more for in Franklin. So definitely the right move. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we are joined by, once again, um, founder of Chico Basketball and VFL Ball for Life, Vincent Yarbrough. Vincent, tell us a little bit about your experience with, you know, we if you do any kind of research whatsoever about Tennessee basketball your your group was very instrumental in kind of starting what we now see as uh, Tennessee basketball what's uh what's it like to kind of have been the the catalyst for that well it, it it feels good to to know that you were a part of something there's a lot of people that that have the ability to play at a really high level and they choose to to do some of the same things that they've seen other guys do, you know, go on to play at Kentucky, go on to play at um, Florida, somewhere that's a more prominent basketball school during those times. For me, I had I, I gotten to be really close and attached to the guys that I ended up playing with. 
throughout through my brother going to Tennessee. And it just was a feeling about amongst all of us that we, we really didn't have to go. If, if we're being each and every one of us are being recruited on a high level to go to these schools uh, that are prominent basketball schools, what, what could we do for our own in-state school? You know, and, and once we were able to, you know, communicate that this is back before Facebook or before social media, once we're able to communicate that through getting together at different camps and, and different coaches able to put us in the same types of situations, it came together and, and we were able to, to start something that I think a lot of us envisioned as young people that it, that we could take it or, or the university could take it to that level. Obviously, Vincent, you, as, as Chris mentioned, you are the founder of Cheat Code Basketball. Uh, talk a little bit about your operation there, what you're doing with that. Uh, what, what Cheat Code Basketball is, is I had an opportunity to play for three amazing coaches. They weren't my head coaches, but they had a part in our program. Uh, one of them being a guy who was a shooting instructor for the San Antonio Spurs. His name is Chip, is Chip England. Another one, the guy's name is Mihailo Leuven. Um, and, and, and the other guy is a, is a German legend. And I never really got the chance to work with him in person. But some of his products, everybody in the world knows. Dirk Nowitzki is his master pupil that everybody knows but I played my last five years in Germany so I got to work with and play with a lot of his guys and I saw some of the techniques that they would use before and after practice that achieved some things so throughout my career I've been introduced to different styles and different teaching methods and I've experienced different ones and tried to adjust my game to them and none of them really took off with my game so I never really used any one of them in particular for my own shooting. Um, I got back about 10 years ago and I started doing some other things, trying to coach high school basketball, uh, working with a few kids on the side. And throughout a process of two to three years, I kind of narrowed it down to what I wanted to focus on. And then some of the things that I've been taught came back to me. So I threw a system of trial and error through about another two years. I, I worked with over... 100, 200 kids. Um, and then about the last seven years, I've, I've, I would say that I've perfected the teaching part of the system. Not always does it go as, as, as planned or, or as fast as I would like it to. But, but right now we have the ability to come in and at least teach the correct positioning and the correct ability uh, to shoot the ball. So I, I've... Uh, we, we, I've seen now over 5,000 clients and I have a large network of people that I've helped on their basketball journey and, and it, it, cheat code basketball is really, is really doing well now. Um, even through, through the coronavirus, you know, the, the impact that it's had on the ability of kids being able to follow along with the program and kids still being able to keep in touch with, with me and coach T uh, through different means, it, it really has, has has helped a lot of kids with their basketball development, even in times of, uh, of like the pandemic. So, I was going to ask you about that. You've kind of had to adapt your interactions, obviously, not being able to get in the gym with kids and different things like that. Uh, a lot of Zoom meetings and FaceTimes and that kind of thing, I would imagine. How Absolutely. have you been able to adapt? 
Well, well, the one the, the fortunate thing that that cheat code basketball is is more. It's not so much of a. If most kids come to my workout, they're not so much worked. They're taught. So anytime you get into a situation where you can truly teach something, then it's it's not so much of a rah rah thing where you have to be into the gym with them and make them go fast and make them go hard and make them do this. Once you teach a kid something and they feel confident and comfortable with it, then they'll take it to that next level and you won't even have to ask. So over the break, I've, I've I, I, like I said, I've had a network of, a, of over 5,000 kids and, and a lot of coaches. They've, they've reached out and, and wanted to continue the development. Um, and we've been able to get it broken down in ways that they're able to set up their own cones. They use microphone. Well, they use the Zoom. They, we use um, headphones and, and we get to the work the same way. So it's more like they need a tripod. So I have to be able to visually see where they're making their mistakes to be able to make the corrections. Uh, and then I can talk to the kid while they're in motion or doing what they're supposed to do. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's just not, just not me standing there. So it, it's worked out really well. We've worked with, um, we worked with a lot of kids. We worked with um, a few collegiate guys and, and there's a few things that we have set up now that um, hopefully they'll, they'll come into fruition in the next two to three weeks. So, we, we've been able to take advantage of the social media and the, and the technology really, really well over the break. Yeah, we talked when we were setting up this um, this podcast about, as I said earlier, a lot of people don't necessarily know that you are here in the county, which is probably a good thing and a bad thing for, for UT legends such as yourself to be able to kind of fly under the radar a little bit isn't necessarily a bad thing, but for a business owner who kind of thrives off word of mouth, that may not necessarily be such a good thing. Yeah, well, it's it, it's a good it's 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 good and it's bad. It's it's good as far as you. I rarely get somebody that wants. Uh, I rarely get somebody that recognizes me as somebody that played at Tennessee, as I would in Knoxville. And as far as the as far as the business side, it, it would I'm a, I have a different mindset in business. Like there's a lot of guys out here that have played at a high level that use their name for to attract kids, you know, like, hey, that guy played in the NBA or that guy played at the University of Tennessee or the University of Kentucky or wherever you played, And they take that and they try to get all these kids to pay them money to come work them out, but it's not really, they're, they're not really teaching them anything more than the next person can teach them. So by design, I really don't make it known that I live here. If somebody sees my product by a kid that I've worked with and they say, who works with that kid, I would appreciate if the parent passed my name on to that kid, but I don't want my career as far as what I went through as a basketball player to be the reason that you come to me for a workout. I'm not teaching you how I learned to play. I'm not, I'm teaching you something completely different. I'm teaching you the fastest way to shoot the basketball. That's going to be able to take your game from a level wherever you're at. If you're, if you're a middle of the pack player, we're going to make sure that you're at the top of the pack. If you're a player that's searching to be able to get onto a team, then we're going to try to supply that need for you. So it's never a point of I want to take and manipulate what I've done or take this NBA tag and say, hey, 
parents, I'm this MBA guy. I really want you to know me for the person I am and the work that I do and, and what the kids that, that come through my program are able to accomplish. So that's a, that's kind of why I don't, let's say, put myself out there as this guy that's a NBA player that lives in such a small town that everybody should come to me. That's not true. If you have somebody that you're comfortable with and that's who you think the development and they're getting a result for your kid and not a result as in your kid gets incrementally better, like at the end, the result has to be if your kid wants to continue to play this sport, then they have an opportunity to play this sport at a high level or at least a level beyond high school. And and that's that's what I want to be known as, not not a guy that, oh, that guy lives here and you should take his kid there, your kid there because he played at Tennessee. Uh, that doesn't, you know, that's that's kind of the run of the meal of, of how everybody else does it. So our, our work is truly different. It's truly unique. It, it gets a it gets the result that we're looking for. Every time the kid comes to the gym, they're going to take a step ahead, a step forward in, in their game and their understanding. And then that's what I want to be spread around more than who I am. Sure. Uh, it's really cool that, uh, like I said earlier, you are a, a former Tennessee Mr. Basketball. And um, this year, Class 3A, Mr. Basketball for the first time since you is uh, Cleveland, Tennessee's Jacoby Woods. So that's a, it's pretty cool that, you know, that it's, it's kind of come full circle for you. So it's really neat to see how Tennessee high school basketball has improved over the years. And I feel like, um, I don't know, obviously how much uh, you said you, you coached a little bit and I know you coached in Marshall County a few years ago. Um, so how has, um, this area in the Murray County, the Marshall County, the Southern Middle Tennessee, how has that improved over the years that you've seen? Um, I think everybody is a little bit more conscious of what basketball can do now before, you know, you take guys, you take guys that are traditional or schools that are traditional football schools that haven't had a lot of success as far as sending kids on to play basketball at certain places and, or you have some schools that are able to get to some places, they're able to get to the state, but they're ne never able to win the state. Um, so I, I think those types of things have begun to change a bit with, with kind of lower middle Tennessee. Um, where, where we've been able to have a large impact on the development. Um, there's a lot of kids that are in situations where you, you just, basketball is not the number one focus at your school, you know? And it's, it's difficult for an athlete that, is lo that loves basketball to find that type of development that can get them somewhere else besides just a coach that's being handed the title of being a basketball coach, but they're there to be a, let's say, tight end coach or offensive coordinator or something like that. I think now um, people are really trying to bring in the best possible coach for the basketball program. Not just all the coaches are coming in to be football coaches and then they fill some basketball positions. So I think that once, once, you can get a lot of that going on and the kids can start to get the right type of development, not just going to workouts, but really giving the kids what they need to be able to, to succeed on the court. Um, 
I think it'll take another leap and by that because the athletes are here. It, it's just like my hometown of Cleveland. Um, we have, have a really talented small area of, of athletes uh, and won a couple state football championships there, but they had never really won anything at basketball, not because the talent wasn't there, just the emphasis wasn't there. So I'm a firm believer that if you get a kid at a young age and you teach them the right way to do something, that they, they're going to have they're going to have all the success that they want given that they can be coached. Um, so what my, my thing is, I, I love to get kids. My program works with kids starting in kindergarten. Um, we have kids from kindergarten all the way through professionals and the younger I can get a kid in the, the correct way I can work with that kid. We can get the kid to do, marvelous things as far as their abilities and and then that opens them up for a lot more success going down the road but when you get to some points or some situations here that i've seen a lot of kids are only one sport kids they're a football player for the first seven eight nine ten years of their life it's going to be difficult for them to be a basketball player so now i see some parents seeking out more basketball type training that that's going to improve their kids rather than only taking them to football clinics or what the local school was offering. So that, that's kind of where I've seen it pick up a lot. We're visiting with Cullioka resident, former University of Tennessee standout Vincent Yarbrough. Um, VY, Chris mentioned your encounter on the basketball court with Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. As as a youngster, you grew up in Chicago before you moved to Cleveland. Right. The 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 opportunity to actually play against him had to be, and and it was something that came up on um the undefeated's website. Uh, twenty three lesser known stories on the most famous person to wear number twenty three, and one of those stories was entitled "You Grew Up Watching Me." I didn't grow up watching you, and and it. It was really nicely done, but the opportunity to play against Michael Jordan, what did that mean to you? It, it meant a lot as a, it meant a lot as a player. I, as, as you mentioned, I grew up watching Michael Jordan. I, I grew up in a North Chicago area um, where basketball is, it, get, basketball is king over, over football and from there, I, I came to Tennessee where football ruled. You know, I, my, my high school had won three state championships in a row. Um, then I started a basketball journey from a place like there were some other guys in Cleveland that had made it in basketball. Darnell Me uh, is another guy that, that – is from Cleveland, actually played at Denver, same team I did too. A guy by the name of Wootsy Roberts had also made it from uh, close to Cleveland. Um, so I knew some guys that had, had done some things, but I, I started a journey where I wasn't sure if, if it was even possible, you know? I, I wanted to come from a small town and go to play on the big league, the big stages. And there's a lot of hurdles that a guy has, like myself has to cross. You know, you don't have the 
knowledge of a guy that lives in New York or lives in L.A. that's accustomed to seeing pros or working with pros or having trainers around. So first you have to figure out how to train yourself and then you have to figure out what to do to get to the next level. You have to do some research or try to go to a camp. And at this time, information is not so readily available. So then you get to yourself in a situation where you're eligible for a scholarship. And then you go from there to you playing at the university of your choice. And then from there you go on and you're able to play for money. And then you start to meet some of the guys that you grew up admiring. And throughout my basketball journey, I only learned to show respect by um, competition. I, 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 you know, a lot of guys say, man, you met Michael Jordan or you played against Kobe Bryant or something like that. And yeah, I, I did play against those guys, but it was, it was kind of a two, two-sided thing. You know, you, you grew up watching a guy that is that you've seen do spectacular things then in your head you've reached a level where you're able to compete against that guy and you want to just measure yourself against him you know you want to see who is this guy or where do i stand up against this type of character you know and then you meet guys like michael jordan you meet guys like kobe bryant and like I tell all young kids that I work with, and not so much Michael Jordan because he was a bit older and, and about to retire, but Kobe Bryant is, is the epitome to me of when a coach has told every young kid, you shouldn't take days off because there's always somebody out there that's outworking you. There's somebody always that's willing to put that work in, that's willing to go the extra mile, that's willing to dedicate themselves a little bit more and when you meet these people, you really, you really understand that that is a true statement, you know, because and to that point in my life, I had never really, let's say, been challenged physically, as in somebody was my same size and could dominate me with what they're able to do. It was either a battle or you can say that they clearly won, you know, but when you meet guys like this and you start to go against them and play and then you're you're exposed to a completely different level of competition, drive, the things that people have been warning you about, you know, that, that you had kind of maybe some days taken a day off or not put up your 500 that day that you said you did just to go do something else, you know, and, and those are the guys. That's, that was the thing that I learned when, when you got to the professional ranks, that it's not, people aren't just talking, you know, that, that stuff really does exist. Those people really do exist they really do put that type of work in their dedication is really next level and um, more than anything I take away from that part of my life the dedication that you have to have to to be successful on a different level not to not to accomplish something in your life but if you want to really truly make a mark and 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 go down as as somebody that that everybody looks to it for, for greatness, then, you know, it's a different level of drive. So that, that's, that's kind of that, that part of my life, you know, I, I didn't play in the NBA a very long time. I, um, but I learned a lot. There was a lot of instrumental people that were there 
that I was able to rub shoulders with still to this day. I'm able to pick up the telephone and call um, for advice, for um, comfort, for a lot of different things that 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 people need once you step away from the game, you know. Vincent, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we won't take up any more of your time, but we, we really appreciate what you're doing, especially for these kids in this area. You know, uh, making basketball a priority is is important um, for a lot of a lot of kids, and you are helping to do that. So we appreciate what you're doing at Cheat Code and, and in Murray County. Thank um, you, Chris. Absolutely. So thanks again for joining us, and uh, we, we look forward to talking with you again sometime. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Hey, thanks, Vince. Yes, sir. All right. So that was Vincent Yarbrough. I'm curious if he ever ran into uh, the Ronnie Fields character while he was in Chicago. I don't know how long he was in Chicago, but I know that Ronnie Fields as a youngster, I would have been interested to know if, if he ever ran into him from Farragut High School. Did you ever hear his stories? Google Ronnie Fields from Farragut uh chicago it's it's insane uh, <laughs> he he was a point guard for that kevin garnett illinois team out before garnett was drafted okay. so gotcha. yeah just insane gotcha. but um high school sports you know we, we talk about them and how important they are and uh today marked the first day that um, local high schools murray county and williamson both were able to get out on the field and uh, compete and start some summer workouts. And Maurice, I know you were uh, you were at Columbia Academy this morning. Yeah, I swung through there and caught the tail end of their practice. It started at seven, so uh, obviously I wasn't there at the start. But uh, uh, we we caught up and you know spoke to Charlie Lansdale about what they had intended to get done and how they felt like it went. Obviously here um, with the COVID-19 situation, uh, schools are having to do things a little bit differently in terms of maintaining social distance and, and that kind of thing. Williamson County's working, some in Independence, been a challenge for them. And Murray County Schools, Columbia Central, Spring Hill, and Mount Pleasant, as far as football goes, and everybody else for everything else, will get started a week from today. So dealing with keeping these kids safe, keeping the coaches safe, keeping everybody involved safe is going to be a challenge as they come back to work for the first time since mid-March for a lot of these kids. Right. So, uh, matter of fact, uh, you were able to talk with Coach Lansdale. So let's see exactly what he had to say on uh, getting back started. All right, so um, Coach Lansdale here at um, Columbia Academy just finishing up their first workout under the um, COVID-19 guidelines. Coach, I'm, I'm sure y'all were able to put together a pretty good plan and get out here and, and get some good work in. What was tougher, the work or the plan? Oh, well, probably the plan. Uh, probably the plan. Now, we've, we've spent a lot of time over the last few weeks uh, trying to make sure that we do this thing right. Uh, do it safe uh, and uh, and make sure everything is organized. I told our coaches 
the main thing I want them when they leave today is to think uh, our coaches have really got this thing together. They know what they're doing, and so whether you do really, or not, <laughs> right? Well, doing the best we can, and uh, so I, I just wanted to be organized and and make sure we give these guys an opportunity to get back out for the first time and and get a little work in, and, and we're just gonna kind of walk our way back into it. Obviously, this is a situation unlike anything you've ever dealt with yeah, uh, yeah. for the first day. What do you feel like you guys got accomplished? Well, first thing I look for is attendance, and we're only missing one uh, one guy, I think, in high school, which I know where he's at, and we've got our junior high, too, and I think he said he's only missing three. So to be June and to have just about every single player present, I think it tells me a lot that they're ready to get back at it. They're looking forward to the – know to the season and uh, and the parents trust us and uh, so that means a lot to have all these guys out and, and uh, have all these coaches out here and, and present and uh, and so that that's what I was looking for great appreciate it coach all right so again that was coach Charlie Lansdale of Columbia Academy um, as you said a moment ago that Murray County has uh, stated they will get back on June 8th mm -hmm. and um, I think that's that's really important for them to get started back here pretty soon especially considering that Murray County has been a very um, has kind of been clean as far as COVID goes they haven't haven't been a whole lot of cases in the area so uh, it's pretty important for them to get back as well. Yeah I think it's important also from the standpoint that um, the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association, TSSAA, chose to maintain the dead period, which begins June 20th, June 21st, somewhere along through there. And so, um, you know, getting some work in before the dead period is is going to be an issue. And I'm sure these coaches wanted to get, get on the field to some degree before that. So big for them to be able to get back out here next week. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, again, thanks to Vincent Yarbrough uh, for joining us today. And we are really excited about um, about the direction of high school sports right now. And make sure, again, you tune in uh, to sm-tnsports.com. Also, uh, you can subscribe there for a free subscription. Every story we write will be delivered directly to your inbox. And uh, you definitely want to go ahead and take advantage of that. Uh, for everybody who has been retweeting and sharing our stories on Facebook and Twitter, uh, thank you so much. Continue to do that, please. Uh, we are we are relying on you, and uh, as long as you guys keep reading, we'll keep uh, writing, and we'll appreciate everything that you guys are doing for us. And again, follow us on Twitter, um, sm underscore tn sports, and then on Facebook, it's just smtn sports. So. Make sure you're following us on all the social medias, and uh, we appreciate it. Again, Maurice, thanks for, uh, for hanging out with us on this wonderful Monday, and uh, we'll see you next week on the uh, Sports Night Podcast. Sounds good. We'll catch up.